0: So to Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan and joined by a man working off all his excess sexual energy, Ski.
1: All of it. Not all of it, though. I don't know.
0: Maybe <laughs> somewhere in the middle. All right. And the man who hopes to uh, create the illusion that this podcast is interesting, Brent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to say the man who'd rather be eating a Pop Tart. <laughs> <Huh. laughs>
1: probably make
0: that happen. We do. We have apple pop tarts, which are really mediocre, uh-huh. and cinnamon pop tarts, which I would say are their finest. Yeah. Uh, have
2: Have you ever seen the ones without the frosting on them?
0: Yeah, what the fuck? That is for socio- <laughs> sociopaths only. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that is one of the oddest things. Where I'm like, who's like, yeah. I like the frosting inside, but I don't want that shit on the outside. I like that fruit
2: filling, but frosting is of the devil. (laughs) Right.
1: I had a friend uh, of my previous job, uh, her Mm name was Stacy, and she had a problem with her weight. Mm-hmm. But to combat that, she she tried a whole bunch of stuff as far as like exercise
2: routines. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Alan's laughing at me. I'm just already thinking like she was like it's the frosting on the pop tarts. No, no, no. <laughs> she's like i I'm laid going somewhere the, with
2: it. <laughs> I God. laid off the pop tarts and I lost 80 pounds. And you're like Jesus Christ, how many pop tarts were you eating?
1: So <laughs> 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 no, she got real into uh, nutrition, like as far as like uh-huh. how many calories, it yeah, was yeah, and yeah. everything. Yeah. And she also tried to find out okay how. Healthier the foods I'm eating. Yeah, sure. yeah. and she uh, identified a few s- specific uh-huh. foods that had what she qualified as zero nutritional value. Uh-huh. Pop tarts and donuts were among them. <laughs> really?
2: She's like, her? I spent 37 weeks studying the issue, and <laughs> I determined that donuts not too healthy.
1: <laughs> I mean, even even like some things that are like pretty unhealthy, like like. Alan's got some coke there. Uh It's probably got something that'll help you. Uh, It's got some. (laughs) I mean, it's it it has
0: liquid. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's that. I mean, help you. there is water, you know, as part mm-hmm. of the ingredients for coke. So I suppose that does go through the system. But that's also like, like saying
1: those nutrients, I guess yeah. but.
0: That the donut is is a solid that you can digest. I mean it <laughs> exactly. does still yeah. the calorie still helps sustain life, even if not at a high quality.
2: So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like my body burns three calories burning that donut. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's exercise. There
0: you go. Yeah. There was one time, I was gonna
1: run five miles, but now I feel <laughs> pretty much like I don't have to.
0: Every yeah. time I had text Brent, I can't remember what uh, what prompted it, mm-hmm. but I was saying that I was eating a uh, like a jalapeno bacon burger or something like that. Like it was a, a horribly unhealthy burger mm-hmm. from I want to say Hardee's yeah, or Carl Junior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I was like, yeah, but I had it without the uh, the jalapenos because I'm you know trying to watch my weight. Like uh-huh. it was a joke, clearly. Yeah. And then Brent re- Brent's reply was something like, "Well, those would actually help you burn calories because the heat." And I just replied, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> and I believe Helena said that was justified. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did.
2: Um, but I think she she feels that that response is justified regardless of what I say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like
2: nice weather we're having. Go fuck yourself. You had that coming. Honey. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs>
0: just didn't think I'd hear from a nun, <laughs> 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 especially from a nun, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, today, uh, today we are going to actually be having uh, it'll be our you know, of course, all of the good stuff the uh, MVPs and the uh, recap and and our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake. Mm-hmm. But today, it'll be Brent doing a doing our recap, yeah. Yeah, I was figuring it up this season, us. Uh, this season so far, it has been. I would say switching up who does the recap is the norm now uh-huh. um not, not so much either any of us three doing it mm-hmm. so i don't have any I, we have had some different contact i, I forgot mm-hmm. to kind of compile some of our uh, listener contacts yeah. uh, before we sat down for the recording i do know though that trisha has gotten her stickers correct uh, cj has gotten his stickers Very nice. angel got hers Very nice. i know that uh Unfortunately, Tammy has not gotten hers yet, and I haven't heard from Numi about it. But they okay. are international listeners, yeah. so I'm just hoping that they're yeah. really slow. But mm-hmm. and if Tammy's Quebecois, uh, well, she's in uh, Toronto, I believe. Toronto, okay. Yeah. Uh, but if uh, if if by the chance if by chance, when you're hearing this, which is like still a month from now, if you still haven't gotten them, please contact us because yeah. I will absolutely <laughs> send you out some more. Um, absolutely. But anyways, uh, so. Without further ado, though, I'll uh, turn it over to Brent for the recap.
2: He's the man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For for the next 28 minutes. (laughs) 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 All right, so Golden Girls Season 5, Episode 6, Dancing in the Dark. Uh, Terry Hughes directed this episode. Uh, Let's take a moment to pour one out for Chicken Soup, which would air its final episode in three days. Ah. Uh, Philip Lasker wrote this week's episode. He did an episode of Barney Miller, five Golden Girl episodes created the critically acclaimed but short lived Joe Bash starring Peter Boyle. He then vanished for a decade, but when he returned it was to write the Andy Garcia Mick Jagger flick The Man from Elysian Fields. Mm. I can't really speak to that one, but if you're looking to see Mick Jagger act, check out Free Jack with him and Emilio Estevez. <laughs> Teenage Brent <laughs> loved that
0: one. <laughs> really? So that was a movie that you were particularly into as a teenager? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see it? I know I don't think so. What was it? I don't think Free Jack. I, think I have heard
2: So, of Emilio Estevez um, is a race car driver in, okay. like, then present day. so no, like I 1991. Don't Jack yeah, Jack City. yeah no, totally no. Um, <laughs> Big Jagger was not in that one.
1: No, <laughs> well, I'm thinking, I was trying to think of a name. <laughs> Nor yeah, yeah. was he so in like, Boys to the Hood. Yeah. Boys in the Hood. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, um, Emilio Estevez um, and Rene Russo are living in, you know, 1991 California or something like that. Okay. okay? And he's a race car driver, Emilio Estevez. And he's in this, this horrific but badass uh, race car wreck, oh,
0: and okay.
2: he dies. <laughs> but the moment before his impact, um, his body is uh, transported into the future, okay, hmm. where um, Rich 1% Anthony Hopkins has um, kidnapped him or freejacked him. Oh, okay. Because basically in the future, you can pull somebody from the past. But in order to not deal with the time, you know, space continuum or whatever, or alternate timelines or whatever, you have to pull them right before they die. Oh, ah, okay. And so they know that because, you know, it's live on TV, like, oh, this is the moment that Emilio Estevez dies. They pull him from his race car right then, and then, you know, it explodes and there's no body or anything because of the right. disintegration. Well, Emilio Estevez is glad to be alive, but he's like, you know, fuck this shit, you know, yeah. I don't want... Cause his body's being used as um, a donor for yeah, like Anthony Hopkins. Harvest, yeah, because yeah. Anthony Hopkins is tired of looking like Anthony Hopkins. Right. He'd much rather look like Emilio Estevez circa <laughs> 1991.
0: In fairness, Emilio Estevez, fine actor, yeah. but if I had to <laughs> sacrifice him to save Anthony Hopkins, I probably would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um, So, anyways, um, Emilio Estevez escapes, okay? Okay. Yep. And um, he hooks back up with uh, Rene Russo, who in the intervening years has aged, mm, but it's still sure. Rene Russo, whatever. Okay. I like but, her. She's yeah. a good actress. Uh, but Mick Jagger is the bounty hunter because uh-uh. if you need a badass, you
0: hire Mick Jagger. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, he <laughs> no has the moves like Jagger. Exactly. Except for Jagger. So. And so he
2: has to track down Emilio Estevez. Mm. And then, like, lots of stuff happens and it's exciting. And then there's, like, a twist at the end that I don't want to get into because okay. it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, check it out.
0: Okay. I mean, it's ironic because you know that was one of your favorite movies as a teenager, and probably one of the things Ski's been pursuing his entire life is a free Jack, (laughs) just for Mick Jagger though. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's not nearly that picky. (laughs) Exactly. Just the price, right? Right. He's like, I will
2: not pay. (laughs) He's like, when you're done, Mick, will you give me the school marm?
0: That was a, that was a joke for Brent, because I have arm. no fucking idea what he's talking about. Oh my god! So
2: um, the, when Homer goes to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp mm-hmm. and Mick Jagger's one of the counselor, yeah. when he's showing Homer the dance moves, he's like, "School mom, school mom," oh, okay. like with the little finger wag. Uh,
0: now I feel terrible. I should have known that one. I guess my doctorate in Simpsonology has been revoked. Exactly. That was an excellent cut, though. That was. I like that one. Impressive. You pulled that so easily out of the air. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
2: I've said it before. I'll say it again. You need postgraduate work in The Simpsons (laughs) to enjoy this Golden Girls podcast. Right. (laughs) It helps. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the original (laughs) air date for uh, Season 5, Episode 6, Dancing in the Dark, was November 4th, 1989. Uh, That was the 44th Saturday of 1989. And if you don't believe me, pull out your 1989 calendar and check. (laughs) We can wait. While you've got it out, I'd like to offer some advice. Put that 1989 calendar someplace handy because in 2023, you'll be able to use it again. Ah, All the dates sweet. in 2023 are going to be the same as they were in 1989, assuming you don't give a rat's ass about Easter or any other holiday that's based upon a lunar cycle. Ah. <laughs> uh, so here are some other facts about November 4th that I find interesting. Your mileage may vary. Uh 1954, underappreciated singer-songwriter and former member of Squeeze, Chris Difford, was born. Okay. Uh, 1960, uh, Dr. Jane Goodall observed chimpanzees creating tools in Tanzania. Wow. Yep, that was over 60 years ago, so I'm sure by now she's witnessed some chimpanzees recording a sixth-rate podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she's over there sitting on our first chair, <laughs> just taking notes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> I went back and forth as far as like what rate that podcast would be mm-hmm. I was like are they a 7th rate also are they a 5th rate are they a 6th rate Finally, I think they
1: gotta be higher just from the fact that it's chimps See that. <laughs>
2: so you grade podcasts on a curve I would say in this case
1: say you know they're above their station I'd say that's impressive extra points well
2: if we're grading on a curve then we're a 5th rate because we have to deal with you <laughs> You walked into that burn, sir. No, I did not say if it was
1: chimps. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah but I, mean, I, I, think, I think the whole
0: crux of the joke is that we are the chimps and Jane Goodall's deserving us doing the podcast. Yeah,
1: in this case, I was calling myself. on that. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I suppose. I don't know. I still agree with Brent. I think you poured a little gasoline on yourself and invited the match. Exactly. Yeah. All right,
2: so 1961, uh, America's oldest living karate kid, Ralph Macchio, was born. Uh, 1969, famous Kentucky Fried Chicken aficionado, Matthew McConaughey, was born.
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Was he the colonel in one of the... uh... No, no. Uh, is, he, is he a big lover? Is he well-known as a lover of Kentucky Fried Absolutely. Chicken? Absolutely.
2: Know, you know what Matthew, Matthew McConaughey orders at KFC?
0: What do you think? What is that that monster bowl or whatever it's called? No. no. What does he order? all white, right, all white. Right, all white. Right. <laughs> <laughs> were you hoping to be I was going somewhere (laughs) with that I was thinking it would be some kind of
1: at first I thought maybe it was like something about you know they get older but I stay or I get older but they stay the same age I was like I don't know how he's going to make that work there's something
2: cooking
0: So, had we not asked would you have just moved on I'd
2: have have found a way (laughs) I heard that joke like I don't know maybe a year and a half ago and I've thought about it at least once a month ever since then. I'd like
0: to think that you researched to find out when you could work it into the podcast. No, I got, got really lucky. Like
2: when I was going through the uh the birthdays for November 4th, I saw Matthew McConaughey and I was like, oh, I know where this is going.
0: Jeff wrapped up right there for exactly. you. Exactly. So so yeah. We're off to a rollicking start. So yeah, uh,
2: you know, folks, whenever somebody mentions Matthew McConaughey to you. Just ask them, tell them. It's like, hey, you know what Matthew McConaughey orders at Kentucky Fried Chicken? And then you can do your Matthew McConaughey impression. (laughs) So, um, anywho. Also born on November 4th, 1969, uh, Sean Combs. Also born on November 4th, 1969, Puffy. Also born on November 4th, 1969, Puff Daddy. Also born on November 4th, 1969, P. Diddy. And also born on November 4th, 1969, Diddy. Might have to check the transcripts. <laughs> <laughs> November 4th, 1969. May have just set the Sophia's choice
0: record for most birthdays. <laughs> uh, I was so hoping you'd have a different person at the end, <laughs> yeah. or a different person in the middle. And then yeah.
2: So it and the Matthew McConaughey were my two favorite bits of this recap. Uh, (laughs) It's it's all downhill from here. (laughs) It really, truly is. If you want
0: to check out and just come back at the end for the uh, ratings. Yeah,
2: (laughs) my whole goal for this thing was just to make it through those two without laughing. Uh, (laughs) He didn't succeed. I I think the laughter made it better. Yeah, Uh, that's okay because the laughter is going to (laughs) stop (laughs) now. All seriousness, folks. Uh, 1989, uh, the Grateful Dead's final studio album, Built to Last. Uh, was still in the new release bin at your local record store. It had dropped five days earlier, on October 31st. I don't know what the worst Grateful Dead studio album is, but Built to Last deserves to be in the conversation. Uh, With that being said, it's still better than the overwhelming majority of albums that have ever been released, and everyone should listen to it at least once. And finally, in 2008, Barack Obama became the first person of African-American descent to be elected president in the United States. It's not exactly been smooth sailing the past 14 years, but that's through no fault of his. Fair. So, anywho, um, Act One. So the ep- I'm going to take a drink of my beverage too. Since mm-hmm. Alan is. <laughs> if Alan can have hydration, so can I. It's <laughs> written in the bylaws. I don't know. I'll
0: protect the contract. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh,
2: so the episode starts off on a Friday night, but instead of doing lines, Blanche is lining shelves. Uh, Dorothy enters. Poor
1: substitution, and- I might say.
2: It is a poor substitution. (laughs) Dorothy enters and Blanche admits uh, she's got some sexual energy she needs to burn off. Mm -hmm. Dorothy says she'd rather have a Pop-Tart. Blanche says this is the fifth Friday in a row. She's not been able to give it away. She asks Dorothy how she can go years without finding a buyer for what she's selling. (laughs) Uh, Rose and Sophia return from an evening out, and they're accompanied by a man who's the spitting image of Arminy Peterson. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's not. (laughs) Uh, Before we discover more about Rose's Gentleman Caller, Sophia tells Dorothy and Blanche about all the men who paid her for the pleasure of her company. We're not sure exactly how much Sophia made, but she ended the night with a dime bag, so you know (laughs) it was a good day at the office. (laughs) The conversation turns back to this Arnie Peterson doppelganger and how unbelievably sexy the Goldens find him. The audience is slightly confused about why the Goldens are so smitten with this Miles fella, but we have faith that it'll be explained before the episode ends. The next scene is the following night at the party that Miles has invited Rose to attend. We discover that Miles is a college professor, and now we understand why the Goldens find him desirable. <laughs> if, there, mean... if there's <laughs> one recurring theme to the Golden Girls, it's that they're always hot for teacher. For more <laughs> evidence of this, check out Season 1, Episode 20, Adult Education. You know,
1: bro, I want to clap. was didn't... too
0: easy, honestly. Like, that doesn't deserve... Don't get me wrong. I didn't I, see it, though. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> That Brent always works in yeah. uh-huh. a plug for that episode. However, that was kind of an easy one. I, I, it was like
2: the Matthew McConaughey thing, sometimes the gods just smile on me. Right. Well,
0: yeah, but the Matthew McConaughey thing that was a fine intro or yeah. insertion into yeah. the episode. This one was just a. It was just too easy. Oh, no, okay. I liked it. It was. It was solid. Still yeah. solid. I just don't think it deserves the round of applause. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Before I move on to a um, next segment, do you have anything for Act
0: 1 you want to comment on? Yeah, sure. There was a few things in there. Uh, cheesecake think... number 21. Uh, oh, yeah. They didn't actually eat it, but they did get it out, and I think that qualifies.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> it was on set, right? <laughs> right, exactly. It was on the table. We saw uh, the cheesecake. It, it <laughs> made an appearance, and that's all that Wasn't like an
1: episode or two ago that they teased us with one? And, and yeah, and then did didn't bring it down.
0: I didn't count that because it didn't show up on screen. If they mm-hmm. talk about how delicious the cheesecake they was had uh-huh. the night before, I wouldn't count yeah. that. But once cheesecake <laughs> comes on the screen, uh-huh. <laughs> then, it, then it gets counted. So mm-hmm. number 21. Um, mm-hmm. d- during this scene, they talked to Rose about her time dancing with Miles, correct? Correct. Okay, just making sure I'm not getting ahead of things. Yeah. Um, no. But I did think it was funny when you know she was gushing about her time with Miles and mm-hmm. and you know how smitten she was with him. Yeah. And then Blanche was like, "He dipped you, didn't he?" And then she was like, "All evening, mm-hmm. oh Lord, it's so long since I've been dipped. I can't even remember the which end of a gerfluffin' is up." Yeah. I thought that was a solid Blanche line. a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Let's see. Is there anything else that way? Uh, I think that's all I had for that first scene. Did you have anything off the top of your head that you remembered, Ski?
1: Um, he's already alluded to it, but I don't know if anyone on the other side might pick this up. But uh, Miles has showed up it before. It was, was it season two? Season one, season pretty one.
0: early on, like season one episode, I think six. But not I mean, as Miles. Yeah, he was Arnie at the time. Yeah. And, you know, he uh, was the one who ended Rose's 15 year drought uh-huh. um, and then sailed away. <laughs> 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 the sunset never to be seen for again. Yeah. At least not in that guy's um, right. Exactly. <laughs> so now he's uh, come back as Miles, uh, yeah. who you know we'll we'll discuss this a little later on. But yeah. you know he, he becomes a semi regular. <laughs> It, of the stand variety, didn't he
1: say that? Uh, well, they were talking about their night that they're king, and queen of the Roomba or something, yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. I assume he meant the uh, the cleaning robot, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah.
0: they just stood on those. When you get older, you have to have a little, it energy, yeah. you know, they're, they're rechargeable. It's like the poor man's rascal, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like if you can still stand, but mm-hmm. you just can't walk, that's uh, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it's um, <laughs> there the are
1: several cat videos that have mimicked that now,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'd pay good money to see Billy Barty riding a Roomba.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you pay good money to see Billy Barty doing most things? Most things, yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this week we're debuting a new feature, uh, Puddle Jumping on the Bandwagon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And given the episode in which it's debuting, there's really only one topic worthy of this debut performance. Yep, it's Bruce Springsteen's hit single, Dancing in the Dark. Ah, (laughs) So, although Dancing in the Dark was the first single from Bruce's Born in the USA album, it was actually one of the last songs written, and definitely the last song to be recorded. Most estimates put the number of songs written for the Born in the USA album to be at around 80, and Bruce has said that Dancing in the Dark was the 71st of those songs. He recorded six takes of it on February fourteenth, 1984, and then they completed 58 different mixes of the track before they were happy with it. As the first single from Born in the USA, it was a success, although it was kept off the top of the Hot 100 charts by Prince's When Doves Cry, it did make it to number one on Billboard's Top Tracks chart, and was the first of seven top ten hits from Born in the USA. Wow. Uh,
1: it's pretty successful.
2: It would sell over one million copies, and win the Rolling Stone Reader's Poll for Single of the Year, as well as the slightly more prestigious Best Rock Vocal Performance at the
0: 1985 Grammys. So... uh, how many tracks did that CD have on get all together? Twelve. Twelve, okay. So yep. they recorded 80. Now, did they subsequently release those other 68 tracks on various other albums, or did they do, like... Some have trickled out over oh, okay. the years.
2: So, and, like, are some of them... vastly
1: different, or are they... Well,
2: some of them he went ahead and put out on Nebraska, which mm-hmm. came out before Born in the USA. Oh, okay. And then there was the Born in the USA album, and then... Two or three came out as B sides to those singles, mm, okay, and then some came out on his tracks box set, and then some have still just never seen the light of day, hmm. which is another Bruce song, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was
0: dancing in the dark, is that the one where Courtney Cox, yeah, okay. yeah, gets so. pulled up on stage mm-hmm. to dance with him,
2: and it's one of those things that like. Bruce didn't realize that she was, like, an actress or whatever. Okay. Like, he thought that she was just, like, a legit, attractive fan. Like, he knew that she was the one he was supposed to pull up. Oh, uh, okay. But he thought, she, like, she was, like, she'd won some contest or something like that, a like mm. fan club contest or something like that. So, I didn't... Like, Grill Marcus once complained that Courtney Cox was too attractive. Like, he had seen Bruce in concert before and seen him pull a girl up out of the audience and everything, uh-huh. and he always enjoyed that aspect of his shows. But then when, he, like, Courtney Cox was pulled up in the video, he's like, well, that's... She's too attractive to be just, you know, hanging out at a Bruce concert. Uh,
0: That seems a little, uh, I don't know, dismissive to either Bruce or to his fans. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But either way, you know, I guess it's fair enough. Um, I I, I haven't seen enough of the people that Bruce pulled up onto the stage. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen one. Yeah. And she's exactly as attractive as Courtney Cox (laughs) is. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Did we talk about Elvis Costello pulling Sandra O out of the audience one time? No, I
0: don't believe so. I don't
1: remember talking about that either.
2: (laughs) Okay. So on his um, uh, spinning wheel tour, Mm -hmm. um, he released a DVD of the L.A. performance of that. Mm -hmm. And basically he had um, a big wheel up on stage that, you know, would spin – and then whatever it came up, that was the song or medley that he would do next. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and so it kept every show, you know, different than the one before. And he would just pull random people up to spin the thing, um, and then they could dance around on the stage if they wanted to. Well, at the LA show, he pulls Sandra O oh up out of the audience, and has no freaking clue who she is. <laughs> And, like, he asks her her name and everything, and um, she's like, oh, it's Sandy. And he's like, okay, well, you know, spin the wheel and everything like that. And he's just completely <laughs> oblivious that she's, like, an actual legit, you know, famous person. <laughs> oh, so
0: at the time when he did this, this wasn't pre, like, Grey's Correct. Anatomy. This is...
2: Uh, no, it was post-Grey's Anatomy. Okay, and everything. wow. Like, and I want to say maybe right around maybe when Killing Eve came out, okay. or maybe just before. So, but, I mean, she was... She I've was, heard that's a good show. I've not yeah. seen it, though. Yeah, I have heard good things. So, yeah, he didn't know anything about her or whatever. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So, anywho. Interesting
1: footnote.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not as interesting, I don't think, as, uh, you know, Courtney Cox getting her start um, yeah. as far as, I don't know if that was her start start, but you know yeah. what I mean, like, kind yeah, of think... kind of one of her breaks for sure. Yeah.
2: I definitely think it was, so it was 84, so it was definitely before, like, Family Ties or whatever. Right.
0: So, yeah. yeah. But good for Sandy. Yeah. And she had that one show. <laughs> who? Uh, Courtney Cox? Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. mean that one about the uh, people who live in an apartment? Near each other. It's a cul-de-sac. Oh, okay. There's Cougar Town. Cougar Town. <laughs> <laughs> have
2: you seen Cougar Town?
0: Uh, I think I've seen an episode or two. Oh, it's uh, so amazingly good. <laughs> I love Cougar Town. I know that you said there was a crossover with Cougar Town and community, yeah. right? Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, I about that. Yeah. I have not looked into that. Uh, yeah. Like, I like Friends as much as the next guy, sure. you know. Um, and I would made well, but yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but if I had to choose between like rewatching one of those two, I would probably pick Cougar
0: Town. Probably a lot less Cougar Town to rewatch, though. Yeah, that's true. And is a lot true. more Busy Phillips. <laughs> yeah. so. Do you know how many uh,
1: yeah. seasons of Cougar Town there were?
0: Uh, five, maybe six. Well, at that's most. That's more than I would have guessed. Yeah. Um, didn't they kind of switch networks at some point yeah. or something like that? No. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm a fan of Busy Phillips. I think she's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. I like her.
2: I follow her on the Instagram. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. She's the only Cougar Town cast member that I follow.
0: <laughs> well, let see. I don't know the names of the others outside of Courtney Cox. I, I re- yeah. recognize them, and you yeah. might say a name I'd recognize, but yeah. anyways.
2: Yeah, pretty much everybody from Scrubs showed up at least once. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that in and of itself is a good uh, promotion for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, and then there was one episode, like they all showed up as, like um, Dr. Kelso played Courtney Cox's dad on okay. there. So he was like a regular but everybody else just showed up like here and there in like a little guest starring role. Mm-hmm. But then like there was one episode where all of these all of the Scrubs actors showed up again, um, playing their non Scrubs characters. <laughs> but they were all like invited to the same party.
0: Oh, okay. So it was <laughs> like kind of a fun, yeah. so it was a More Scrubs reunion. <laughs> reunion
2: with all the actors playing different characters. So Courtney Cox's dad, Dr. Kelso, takes an immediate dislike to Ted. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> And it was just really funny because. That's just clever, right? Yeah, like he he was like not an asshole at all. Mm -hmm. Like he was a really good, good dad on Cougar Town, Mm -hmm. but he just turns into a vindictive son of a bitch (laughs) as soon as Ted walks (laughs) in. It was so funny.
0: Dr. Cox's wife is one of the main characters on that too, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm -hmm. thought
2: so. Yeah, yeah, because she's married to Bill Lawrence. That one and everything. So, Um, anywho, so that was that. So we're ready for act two. Uh, We transition back to the Goldens' living room. Blanche returns home, and Rose follows shortly thereafter. Rose tells the Goldens about how intimidating Miles' co-workers are, and the Goldens remind her of how difficult it's been for them to get laid on a professor's home turf. They decide to invite (laughs) Professor (laughs) Weber over to their house, so they'll have fewer witnesses if he reports them to Dean Tucker. Uh, We transition to a different evening, and the Goldens are enjoying Miles on the lanai. We discover why they only feed Sophia cabbage on the nights when they're dining al fresco. (laughs) <laughs> uh, miles invites rose to a concert and after a faux pas rose leaves the lanai for the comfort of the kitchen dorothy briefly joins her before heading back out to kick miles to the curb mm. uh, we move to the day of the concert and there's a brief scene where it's decided that although miles still wants to go with rose blanche is going to be his plus one we cut to later that day and rose decides that she's willing to see miles again luckily for her miles is going dancing that very night Rose demurs because she doesn't want to be idiotic, but Blanche explains that nothing is idiotic when it's wet. It's decided that the Goldens will accompany Rose to the ballroom. Uh, once they arrive, Sophia collects a dime from the first John she sees. Dorothy cuts <laughs> a rug with a <laughs> cuts a rug with a fellow Glenn Miller fan. Oh, and hold on,
1: hold on a second. I don't mean to interrupt, but do you remember the name of the character she like stirred stir dance with? Was it John? No. Oh, I was gonna say that would have been perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, and Blanche takes off with a guy who's been looking for the right throat to fall in love with. Uh, Rose and Miles begin dancing, and he lets her know that she's the one for him. Uh, former football coach Rose runs a buttonhook formation to make it the four yards from her and Miles to the davenport that's positioned in the center of the dance floor. Um, as you do. Yeah, as you do, yep. Uh, Miles convinces Rose that she's worthy of his time, and the two return to the dance floor. He gives her the hashtag humble brag and says he's glad he's smart enough to see just how special she is. And this second and final act ends with all the goldens dancing with someone special, or at least someone with one-tenth of a dollar burning a hole in their pocket. <laughs>
0: Which makes him special in and of himself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, uh, so that ends. that ends the show then? Yeah, I mean, okay. I've still got a few more
2: things here, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Um, well, I did, uh, as I was looking at my notes, I guess I, I was got a little ahead of myself when I said that I was done, because I'm going to go back to Act One for just a couple quick things. Okay. Um, can I use the restroom while you do? I can pause it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm done with Act One. I have moved on, sir. Right. <laughs> Why are you living in the past? <laughs> One rose line act
1: one in his pants, (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Better than if he acts twos in his pants. (laughs) Um, I did think it was funny there at the near the end of act one when Rose found out that uh, he was a professor, yeah. And he asked, uh, you know, what did you think I meant when I said I taught him anyway? (laughs) She said, I thought you were old, yeah. Yeah. That That was was my
1: favorite line. I was gonna bring that up
0: too. Mm -hmm. That was a really solid one, yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, that scene in that party was maybe one of my least favorite scenes I can uh-huh. ever remember on the Golden Girls yeah. with the two different smarmy couples uh-huh. um, making Rose feel stupid. Yeah. It just really, it's one of those things where like, I'm okay with the other Goldens, you uh-huh. know, treating her badly, uh-huh. but I'm not okay with anyone else outside exactly. of the main Goldens treating her <laughs> exactly. badly. No
2: one picks on my little brother but me.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah I uh, thought
1: I really uh, shined a bad light on uh, intellectuals. Oh yeah, definitely. It was so mean to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I did think it was funny, though, when they were asking about the, uh, I think they asked, like, what famous person would you want to have come over for dinner? What uh-huh. two people would you want to yeah. have come over for dinner? And Rose ends up saying that she would choose her best friends, Blanche and Dorothy, but uh-huh. would it be okay if Jesus stopped by for dessert? Uh-huh. Um, that was a good Rose line. That was yeah. really good, too, yeah. I,
2: I think, <laughs> I totally understand why she would save Jesus just for dessert sure. or whatever, because the last thing you want to do is invite over the king of Jews for a loin of pork, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that, that, yeah, that would be awkward. <laughs> you don't want to put him in that awkward position, exactly. <laughs> and then you feel like a bad exactly um, all kinds of uh, all kinds of difficult things with that, but exactly. I really hated that scene in a general sense, um, uh-huh. when he was uh. At that well, on party. the bright side, he'd probably bring wine, yeah, <laughs> or, <laughs> or at, at least, least water. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be covered either way. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I did think it was funny when. Uh, now this is going into scene two now, or act two, I should say. Yeah. I, I, I did think it was funny when the line Blanche was talking about hardware stores are alive with sexual energy, mm-hmm. um, and that I believe she said tools, plugs, sockets, nude furniture, dirt stuff like that, or dirty stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what nude furniture is. I guess unfinished. unfinished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. It seems odd. I don't think they, I've been in a hardware store. I'm just like, oh, look at that chair that has mm. no finish on it. Yeah.
2: Well, two things. Like, there used to be a store here called Naked Furniture.
0: Oh, okay. It was there
2: by, you know, where like the, the Kmart used to be? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It was right there. Cause, okay. Like, just all unfinished furniture? Yeah. And like, we'd drive by, and I'd always tell my sister, like, naked furniture, cover your eyes. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, I was just uncomfortable when Dor- when Blanche was going on about plugs. Oh. Like, that's a part of her routine. <laughs> I was like that's a little risqué. <laughs> um
0: I did also like there was a uh, Rose was talking about how bad it was that mm-hmm. she uh she felt like a fish out of water mm-hmm. in there. And she said, this was, I think, my favorite Rose line of the episode. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, sure, I didn't flop around on the floor with my eyes bugging out, gasping for air. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that at a party for years. Yeah, Which man thinks Rose really does have some wild parties. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at least in her youth, it was a part of it. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Could have been related to some kind of uh, reaction, like an uh, allergy. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so, uh, an allergy to cocaine? <laughs> or, there you go, <laughs> or yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, and I did think uh, my favorite Sophia line of the episode was when Rose had made whatever the meal she made. Mm-hmm. had cabbage and something else in it. Mm-hmm. and She's like, cabbage, she serves me in 10 minutes. I could be skywriting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little later, comes back to, comes back to that same thing, saying mm-hmm. uh, Miles says she sure left in a hurry. And, mm-hmm. and Ro, or Sophia, hey, who told her to serve me cabbage? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. That was a solid callback. Yeah. So do you have a little bit more of, C, of uh, Act 2 to go through? No, but I do have a new feature. Oh, okay. Well, then you. I guess I'll, I'll finish off my little things. Okay. That I wanted to in Act 2 before mm-hmm. I, I turn it over. Yeah, I you did. Got, like... You got more stuff written down for Act Two than I did. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's a good note taker.
2: I had seven bullet points.
0: I did like at the um, at, at the dance. Mm-hmm. Dorothy says that she feels like she did when she was twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which Sophia responds, "You mean unmarried and pregnant?" Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she graduated from high school late. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And,
0: uh, oh yeah, and then just that last con that last conversation that Rose was having with Miles. You know, he asked her if she understands, and mm-hmm. she's like, uh, I think so, except what a metaphor is. Yeah, <laughs> um, so did you have any other things that no, you were No, I was just
1: gonna bring up the line that you already talked about about mm-hmm. the uh,
0: um, about Hemingway, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so Brent, what's this uh, new feature we have?
2: Uh, so this new one is called um, not gould enough,
0: oh, okay. and um, yeah, <laughs> as we'll learn,
2: Harold Gould definitely <laughs> earned this honor. Um, now I'm sure we'll be talking about more about old Harold as the series progresses. So I just want to take a moment to talk about something he has in common with the rest of the Goldens. Okay. Yep. Talking about Emmy losses. Mm-hmm. So during a television career that lasted almost 50 years, Harold was nominated for five Supporting or Guest Actor Emmy Awards. And in true Golden Girls fashion, he has experienced losing. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so his losses started in 1975 when he lost Outstanding Single Performance by a Supporting Actor in a Comedy or Drama Series, Patrick McGowan, who won for an episode of Columbo. Mm. His losses continued in 1978, when he lost in the same category to Ricardo Montalban for How the West Was Won. And side note, I think Abe Vigoda was robbed that year. In 1980, he got his third supporting actor loss, this time to George Grizzard. Personally, I think they both should have lost to Ernest Borgnine. George Grizzard, (laughs) we'll see him later. Um, His penultimate supporting actor loss was in 1986, this time to America's sweetheart, John Malkovich. And then, fun fact about John Malkovich, uh, my dad is going to go to his deathbed convinced that John Malkovich played Wojo on Barney Miller. (laughs) That's a different story. And then Harold's final loss was in 1990, uh, but this time as an outstanding guest actor. But the more things change, the more they stay the same. Harold Gould, once again, lost to Patrick McGowan, who once again won for an episode of Columbo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize Columbo went that far. Um, I, yeah, uh, like, it was just like like movie of the week type things. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> You shouldn't be able to get best guest actor on a movie of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're not a guest actor. You're just, you're not a guest if it's a movie of the week. Well, like,
2: but I think it was like a series of movies. Ah, okay. Like it was like the Sunday night at the movies or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like every fourth Sunday was Columbo. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, fair enough. But I still disagree with that as being fair. Okay. Do you have any other features or whatnots? No,
2: um, I just got my MVP in line
0: and stars and everything. Okay, well, yeah, hold your horses. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we did have uh, several uh, several guest actors in that episode. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of uh, had to take a deep breath when I saw the number of notes that I would need to make just on the guest actors yeah. <laughs> alone. <so> <laughs> um, of course, Harold Gould. Yay. Uh, this is his second of what will be 13 episodes of The Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Of course, his first one is... Uh, Arnie P. yeah, but all the rest will be as Miles. He had, I've already gone over You know his highlights, but he had 226 titles. And I did notice that I hope that I had the last role that he had, mm-hmm. um, because in 2010, in a short called The uh, The Day the Music Died, mm-hmm. he played Old Wise Man. Mm. So I hope that's my last role as well. Um, I was going to say, I can't believe he played Buddy Holly. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, let's see, we had a uh, GF Smith. She played Gail. Six tiles to her name. Those are only Golden Girls. Mimi Cousins played Lillian. 73 tiles for her. She did play in uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, of course, as uh, everyone's favorite soup woman. Mm. <laughs> and uh, this is her first. She was a soup woman? Yeah, she was a soup <laughs> woman. Yeah, crazy. Um, but Those are first of two Golden Girls. We'll see her again in season six. We had a uh, John Engel. He played Harv. Mm. 116 titles to his name. Uh, his biggest thing, of course, uh, Edward Quartermain, mm-hmm. where he played 493 episodes of that on uh, General Hospital, mm-hmm. as well as a few more on a different soap opera. Um, this was his only Golden Girls. He's also, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but he was Robert Dunder from Dunder Mifflin. Okay. Yeah, I uh, played that role. Mm. And then uh, he was also, apparently he was the narrator and Sarah's dad on 12 of the 13 Land Before Times, <laughs> 2 through 13, but he wasn't in the first one. <laughs> ah. The only one that I think had a theatrical release. <laughs> 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 Land Before Time carpetbagger. <laughs> right. And then we had, uh, let's see, Jane uh, Chase played Elise, um, 34 titles to her name, Only Golden Girls. She did have uh, six episodes of Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Edgar Justice played Mr. Morelli, 13 titles for him, Only Golden Girls. And Al Berry played Paul. 35 titles for him, but also his only golden girls. So that uh, Paul was the woman, the man. That was the one she danced with at the yeah. end, correct? Yeah. Yep. So sorry, not. uh not John. Not John. Nope. Mm-hmm. So Brent. A lot uh, of
1: bit bit actors in that yeah, one. Yeah, thankfully, well, real short roles.
0: because that would have been a lot of notes and a lot of me going yeah. over that shit had it been. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for Star Trek connections, <laughs> right? Um, so, Brent, I, I know you already said you have your MVP uh, mm-hmm. loaded up. Who was your MVP that one?
2: Uh, real quick, um, you guys said your favorite lines, and I'd like to mention Oh, mine. sure, yeah. Do,
0: uh, you know what? You could have said your favorite line during your recap. <laughs> I wanted to save something for <laughs> this. <laughs> so, my favorite line was
2: when Sophia said that any man who lived through the Depression would expect a good time of shoe shine and a full tank of gas for their dollar.
0: <laughs> that, is, that was a solid line. Yeah.
2: Uh, so, Harold Gould was my MVP for the episode. I think mm. he did a great job demonstrating how someone like
0: Miles could be happy with someone like Rose. Okay. And how about you, Ski? Who got your MVP? I picked
1: Miles. I thought he was both kind and I was glad that he was not deterred by Rose's. You know, concerned that she wasn't smart enough. Like, you kept telling her that she was good.
0: Right. Yeah, this one was a little bit tough. Uh, I mean, I went with Miles also. I didn't think, though, that he blew me away. I just thought that none of the Goldens gave a compelling enough performance for me to put them in that spot. Um, So, how about, uh, how many slices did this one get for you, Brent? So, overall, I gave it six
2: stars. Um, You know, it was a sweet episode, although not a particularly funny one. And if you're reviewing this for iTunes, um, go ahead and include that my, you know, recap was not particularly funny as an homage to this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, they don't review individual episodes on iTunes. Oh, really? It's just us as a series. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. I don't know if there's any place that you can go out and review the individual episodes. Mm-hmm. Um but given that we only have fourteen reviews for the series, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you know good mm-hmm. feedback we'd get for the you know yeah. each individual episode. We do get a little feedback on uh, you know on mm-hmm. the Facebook page. Oh, nice, uh, nice. And usually, cool. it's all pretty positive stuff.
2: Usually, yeah. always pretty mm-hmm. positive.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: usually, and pretty got a lot of wiggle room in that.
0: <laughs> well, I think the only things we've ever been told that were maybe mildly negative were if there was sound issues or something like that. Oh, well, that's
2: on you, not me. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. So my, my track record's perfect. Yeah. I, I think,
0: I don't know if you saw Ski pointing out how mm-hmm. a lot of it could be on you, mm-hmm. um, because you have those, uh, you know, wiggly fingers. <laughs> that just you, you can can't. clean it up in post. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely Noise supposes. Cancelling, right? <laughs> exactly. I have a lot less skill than what would be necessary <laughs> <laughs> to do that. Um, so skew is your. Uh, how many slices of cheesecake did this one give? For I you?
1: actually liked it quite a bit. I, I gave it six point five.
0: Okay. See, I, there were parts of it that I liked, but that one scene, like I said, I would rather watch Rose blowing out her birthday cake <laughs> 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 than, than that. Um, so yeah, I only gave it a five. That. Like you said, it wasn't a, a mm-hmm. particularly funny. It did have some nice, sweet moments, but that one scene really mm-hmm. dragged it down for me. Yeah. And I couldn't look at it and say like that I thought it was as good as our last two episodes or mm-hmm. our last... Yeah. Th- this season has had a real solid start, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: How many did you go, you said?
0: A five. Uh, still
1: so. not too bad. Really. Yeah. Yeah, it was a decent like,
0: episode, but just...
2: Like, I was okay with the party scene, mm-hmm. and I would have mm-hmm. rather had the party scene go on longer mm-hmm. if they would have used that time to cut out, um, blanch lining the shelves, uh, like I just it just dragged on and yeah. I was like, like number one, I don't know who does that, right. you know,
0: it, was that just such a big problem back then. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, it definitely was a thing that people did a lot more frequently back in the day. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's really that common of a practice anymore, yeah. but the, the haphazard way that she basically just yeah. laid it in there uh-huh. and then just <laughs> closed it down. It did seem a little pointless, Yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, I guess it was just showing how she was sexually frustrated, but that did not make her have mm-hmm. any attention to detail. Yeah. <laughs> That's the
2: thing. Like, It just seems like, I don't know, anybody who's, you know, had a governess in her house yeah. you know, could probably, I don't know, get by
0: with, I don't know. It just the whole thing was odd. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Well, Brent, I thought your recap was a fine recap. Um, yeah. well, I just Did <laughs> it get us to the hour mark? Uh, well, right now we're only at, you know, like 46 minutes, and so once we do a little cutting, it'll be a bit shorter than that. Okay. So.
2: Well, sorry, folks. I'll give you an extra time back to your
0: recap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You
2: have my permission to get off the treadmill now. <laughs> You're welcome. A
1: little, little relapse, right? Or uh, not relapse, uh,
2: reprieve. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, hop off the treadmill early but um, just get the unfrosted pop tarts that way it's not that way it's not a, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, not healthy, a runaway a exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> so you're not backsliding too much
0: <laughs> and if you need any health and nutrition advice he can hook you up he has a <laughs> a lady he once worked with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's pretty nice she's, she's pretty just... nice and did extensive research and yeah, an encyclopedic knowledge of donuts. <laughs> 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 yeah i'd say stay golden cocoa hey thanks so much for downloading today if you enjoyed that opening you should definitely check out ashley jade on youtube she has a bunch of awesome compositions on there if you want to get in touch you can email us at sophia's choice podcast at gmail.com you can also reach us on twitter at sophia's choice pc we plan to have a new episode out every monday if you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.